0: what do you hear when you listen to a piece of music there's a drum beat a cymbal trembling the deep thrum of a bass guitar that's what your ears are telling you but how do you feel it what does your body say
1: like a breeze my face Like
0: In an aluminium prefab in the playground at St. Mary's School for Deaf Girls in Cabra, you can't move for the clatter of junk that spills out of bags and across the floor. It's a cacophony of tin and steel, old washpipes, washboards, bicycle wheels, a veritable junkyard. It's not the sort of place you imagine hearing the most incredible and exciting sounds. But then this is a story of music found in unusual places.
2: This is. The, the more disastrous the experience in here, the more accurate the picture of my life. If things were to come crashing to the ground, it would be a good, it would be a very accurate glimpse. Ow, things go!
0: That's George Higgs a composer who has been working with a group of deaf girls from St. Mary's for the last few years. It's October, and they are building a new instrument together. There's a lot of work to do. In March, they'll be performing in public for the first time. Everything's under control.
2: You're working with a professional.
1: I like making my own music. Sometimes I use the table, the knife and fork, and sometimes I just play it. And then my sister, copies me. When the music's playing, she just bounces her head and slaps the tray, the high chair on the tray, and she claps her hands.
0: That's Shauna Farrell Hathaway, a talented drummer who is 15 years old and profoundly deaf. Shauna is one of the four members of the Lost and Found Sound Assembly.
1: Well, this one I just play a cymbal, you know, the, from the drums and there's pipes there now. There's a basketball, another one, the basketball when George took the net and put the pipes up, hiding from the top. My friend Helen, she plays the pipes. They're big red, orangey pipes. She plays that one. And there's um, three small buckets linked to her, and there's like a drum. And there's telegrams there as well. We beep and communicate each other with music. They do the slang language like H and press it E, and then E, and then you press it, and then A, you press it again.
0: And what are you spelling?
1: Hear, see, and feel.
0: Music. Right now you are hearing this with your ears. The vibrations we call sound waves send messages to your brain that you interpret as music. But what if you don't have hearing? Are there ways that you can experience music?
1: Hear, see, and feel.
0: Hear, hear, hear.
1: Well, I can hear like a crash sounds. And it's, like, echoes the sounds from high to low. You hear if it's high, you can only hear the crashing sound. If it's low, you can hear, like, a bang.
0: Composer. Compose. The one who puts together... George has been working with music since he moved to Dublin 20 years ago from Pennsylvania, and he has always been experimental in his approach. His first piece of work, Kahugophone, was a guerrilla opera performed on a machine made out of junk. Since then, he has put together dozens of new compositions that challenge the listener's idea of music. He has built instruments from old doors, pedal-powered rickshaws, wire, wood and scaffolding. He first became interested in the potential of making music with and for deaf people in 2007.
2: My interest in deafness and music began with a project I did called the Electroacoustic Exchange, where I ultimately hung speakers on the ceiling of the Project Arts Centre. So I had the speakers hanging from the ceilings, and in each speaker cone, there were materials um, seeds, bones, um, coins. And these uh, materials would vibrate percussively when infrasonic pulses, vibrations that are too low in frequency to be heard by the human ear, when these infrasonic pulses were sent through them, the uh, materials would vibrate percussively. So it's kind of like a, an instrument, you know. And I liked the idea of these speakers because although... They weren't alive. They were like musicians. They were like musical instruments. Um, Every day I just sat there and watched people move around these speakers from the secret booth in the Project Arts Centre. I really studied how people would put their hands on the speaker to kind of experience these very slow vibrations. So as I watched, I started thinking about what it must be like for people who have no aural or auditory capacity. That they just experience what I would call music through extra sonic forms. You know, because I would think of music as many different things that come together to form an experience um, rather than just sound. But I think often people forget that when they're talking about music, they think of just sound.
0: There are as many different kinds of deafness as there are types of music. In the lost and found sound assembly, some of the girls have hearing aids or cochlear implants and can understand speech. Others rely entirely on sign language to communicate. Shauna can do both.
2: All right, well done.
1: Now, I have
2: another game for you. It's
1: I was born here and I had the disease, metathorosis. My mum got it too, but she didn't become deaf or anything. I didn't hear for about a few months when I was a baby because they didn't know I was deaf. So I kept saying "m" instead of "mum," and I couldn't say Patrick properly. I kept saying "painter."
2: Patrick's your 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 father. Yeah. I became involved with St. Mary's School for Deaf Girls uh, over a, a few years. Here was a community of young girls who had been playing music on their own. You know, it wasn't about trying to interpret uh, hearing. Person's experience of music—they were hitting percussive instruments—and I saw videos in in the music room of these girls playing, and met the girls. I said, "This is exactly, you know, what I'm interested in." And I remember it's something I said when I first started, kind of proposing to work with the the girls. There was a video of these girls playing musical instruments, and the thing I noticed was they were they were watching, and they were listening, and they were responding. You know. And that, to me, is the, the key to being a good musician. I kind of got to know them musically first. We just kind of played music together. Talented young women, I'd show them stuff and they'd show me stuff. And after a while, I, my, my intention, and after a while I started to follow through with that intention, was to build a, uh, an instrument that the girls could play.
0: This is the music George and the girls are writing for their performance in March. It has everything you would expect from a conventional piece of music. It is pleasing to the ear, offers rhythms that become familiar and make you want to dance, suggests sounds that you might connect to traditional instruments. But this is not an instrument you would see in any orchestra or concert hall. It would look more at home on a building site.
1: When I played it, I was impressed. I didn't really get it. And then I realized it was all rubbish. I was kind of shocked. But you can still play music with rubbish and all.
2: The easy part is choosing stuff. The hard part is fashioning it. Like those red pipes. Those pipes were originally, they were slightly bent, so I got them for free. But they were like, I don't know, four meters long? the truck delivered them and I just sat inside the, the row with an angle grinder and cut them really crudely down and I took them home and I hit them and I made calculations on the mass and if I cut it so long cut it and I was close to being right but not very right You know. so basically I had to do trial and error slowly get them down to the notes which are written on them now C and D and F but that was a lot of work and then you know never, not to mention the fact that after you've cut them down you've got to buff them so they're not going to cut somebody's arm open. And then you've got to figure out how to hang them. Hanging is a big thing. That's a big thing with a musical instrument. It's not getting something to make the noise you want. It's getting it to either be held by somebody without dampening the sound. Like you couldn't hold those pipes and hit them. They wouldn't make a sound. Um, so how do you hang them and not kill the sound? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember how you, what you are doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she's basically uh, scraping a stick against a washboard. Can you do it? Yeah. And then she's hitting a cymbal. And that actually, those cymbals are quite of an interesting history. They're from St. Mary's from 100 years ago. They were used by the nuns. St. Mary's has a long tradition of music. Their musical instruments are still there. They were used to improve speech and vocalization of you know, through different means. Um, but they were, I think they were also just interested in music, being a church, um, so there was a musical tradition there as well.
3: Now I want you to play that on the organ.
0: This is not a music lesson, this is a speech lesson. The rhythm of the child's breathing and the vibrations of the sounds produced will form a habit of speech intonation. The Silent World was a film made about St Mary's School for Deaf Girls in 1966, in the first years of Irish television, when music was seen as a key to unlocking what they called the Silent World of the Deaf community.
3: Now say it on one
0: breath. I'm a good, girl. good girl, that's it. Margaret Farrell is a music teacher at St. Mary's.
2: Margaret Farrell was great. She collected a lot of these and and preserved a lot of these instruments. There are a number of them. They have uh, what are called blow blow organs. They're basically like melodicas. They're like these little wooden keyboard units, and you have a hose that goes into the side of them, and you blow. And as you blow, you the air from your breath, the air from your lungs goes and uh, vibrates reeds. So it was good for them to learn how to breathe in and out with, for speech. And uh, it as a way for them to learn to communicate on a number of different levels.
3: Can you say, the guinea pig has no tail?
2: That guinea pig has no tail.
3: No tail. Speech in the case of the profoundly deaf child is never normal. It couldn't be because such a child has no auditory impressions to help to get intonation and to get rhythm in speech. Though every effort is made in the school for the deaf to help the child to get
0: some idea of intonation and some idea of rhythm. But education has progressed since then, and the idea that music should be played and enjoyed by deaf people is at the heart of the lost and found sound assembly.
1: These girls are hearing
0: no sounds, but the rhythmical patterns of the vibrations they cause are pleasant. Technology has also moved on since then. Shauna got her first cochlear implant when she was just five years old.
1: I used to have hearing aids and then my hearing got long. They had to give me implants. There's a, a magnet implanted inside my head, so that's why it's called implants. Okay, implants, but I remember after the operation I used to have a, a big plaster around my head.
0: And did you have to spend a few days in hospital?
1: Two weeks, I think. Because I was uh, young, my mum had to sleep with me. She stayed with me, and I remember my aunt giving me big elephant dolls to cheer me up a bit because I used to love elephants.
2: An implant functions for one year. She only has one cochlear implant, so really, her hearing is boosted only for one ear. Which is important. It's kind of like if you got an amplifier for one of your ears, or a headphone or something, with a microphone for the room, you're hearing everything twice as loud. These here are, are red pipes, they're made of steel. They're very heavy, very heavy grade of steel. Show me, you play these. Is there's so much to hear? And now you can, it has a whole life. Like a bell, for example, has a lot of sound, has a lot of frequencies in, the, in its tonal fabric. There's a, there's a lot going on there. So I think any person whether you're deaf or, or you have full hearing, or you're hard of hearing, or slightly deaf, profoundly deaf, there are certain pitches you'll hear better than others. All our hearing is frequency related. As I get older, I lose frequencies by the day. All people over the age, certain age, start losing frequencies, and gradually you think it's lower and lower, and just losing, literally losing high frequencies because hairs in your inner ear are, are, are breaking. Do you wanna tell us about this instrument?
1: Yeah, it's pipes. I think it's the longer it is, it's higher it is. And the shorter it is, it's lower it
2: is. It's the opposite. Is it? You let me down. <laughs> the longer the tube, the lower mm-hmm. the sound. Mm-hmm. Do you find it easier to hear the lower notes? Mm-hmm. Or is there
1: no it sounds different.
0: So the lower the sound, the easier it is for the ear to hear. But what if you cannot hear anything at all? Is it possible to see music? Is it possible to listen to music with your eyes? George and the girls aren't interested in recording their music. They want to perform it, so that an audience can see them build and interact with their machine of sound. Playing live music is a kind of dance. Observe the way a cymbal is struck and you can see the rhythm. Watch the girls move and you can see the emotion the music conveys. Hear, see
1: and feel. See,
0: see, see. A different kind of music. It's a Wednesday night, and Shauna and her classmates are at the Board Gosh Energy Theatre to see a special performance of the musical The Lion King. Performance artist and sign language interpreter Amanda Coogan has been commissioned to interpret the show for a hearing-impaired audience. She knows all about the visual dimensions of music. Well, my parents are deaf
3: sign language users, I suppose, been brought up in, a, in another language and uh, immersed in a very small, tightly-knit community. Um, And a community, a very specific community, obviously, that uses a visual, manual, embodied language, uh, which is sign language, and an oppressed minority, so constantly agitating for recognition of their rights as human beings, as uh, fully-encompassed citizens of Ireland. And both of uh, my parents would be... uh, Activists, I suppose, in that way. they in I think when you're translating music and on stage it's you have to make performative choices. So you have to convey an overall meaning. My uh, lens, I suppose, looking at this, um, is, uh, is somewhere... Uh, I'm a performance artist, so it's somewhere between the choreography of it, the music, the whole visual impact of a performance like that. It's performing in sign language, so it's very different to the type of work you would do as a straight interpreter. It's not the same thing at all. A straight interpreter would make very different choices There's lyrics, of course, but then there is the music. The feeling of the music, the beat of the music, whether the music is fast or slow or boppy or not. And uh, it's really important for us to encompass all of that into our translation, I suppose. With music, there's a whole other emotional element going on. So my question is always, how can I best show that through my body? So it might be uh, some of the stuff I I chose to do tonight is literally um, some of the musical-only places, like the Stampede, for example. I thought it was really important to let the deaf audience know when there's a kind of a scream in the music, where it goes, There's lots of choices you can make. There's a really important and very beautiful scene of mourning where Rafiki mourns and also Nala and also the, um, the Queen, uh, Musafa's wife. Uh, and they're, they're mourning but standing very still on stage. It's a, it's a very still uh, scene but there's these recognisable, for hearing people, recognisable sounds of mourning. So what do you do with that as an interpreter? It's very important for me to convey that to the audience, that they're, they're singing morning songs. So within the translation it said things like he's going up to the gods, we will miss the king, long live the king. So I, I literally used some of those, but the beauty of the sign language is that you can use those in such a way that it also looks like crying. So I can move the signs outwards the way you would sign crying a lot. Remember who you are You are my son And the one
0: The audience reaction needs no interpretation The applause is thunderous People are stamping their feet, whistling Amanda steps out to take her bow with the actors And the applause grows louder But what you can't hear is the deaf clap Shauna and her friends are giving. They are standing up with their arms in the air, wriggling their fingers. The standard deaf gesture of appreciation. The
1: emotion on her face was brilliant. It was really good. If you don't show any emotions, the sound means nothing. So you have to show what, how you feel now. Yeah, that was brilliant. I've seen the movie, so I knew the song I was singing along the song. One of the girls, Fiona, she's known here and I don't but she feels the vibrations now, and she follows the teacher sign language.
2: All right. Where <laughs> were we yesterday? Do you remember the beat?
0: We try our rhythms from yesterday.
2: Shauna, you begin.
1: I'm doing.
0: But there is work to be done back in the classroom, and George, Shauna, and the rest of the Lost and Found Sound Assembly are busy rehearsing.
2: First all, there are
0: eight weeks to go before they put their work to the test before a live audience. The group is brainstorming.
2: I want to get that globe. I like the globe. How can we use that globe? Do you have any ideas? It's well a-
1: if you put something inside there and you move it and it makes noise? That's a great idea. That's Hans' idea.
2: Come didn't come up with that idea. That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. It would be like a shaker. That's a yeah, good idea. Okay.
1: Shake the world. He's got the whole world in his hands.
2: That's a great idea, Shona. Popcorn. Something small. Small. Or like uh, beads that you make uh, jewelry with. You know, mm-hmm. something like that. We'll try it next week. This is a set of uh, aluminum rods that are solid, and uh, you pinch them quite hard, but, and then drag your fingers, and your fingers have to be very dry, so uh, they deliver a really high-pitched sound. The longer,
0: yeah. I can feel that all down my exactly. body.
2: Exactly. <laughs> it's funny because it really carries well, which yeah. is nice for outdoor performance, but very, when you're up close, it's a bit disturbing on it. Can you hear that one well? Yeah.
1: Tell yeah. me, use this very close?
0: I want you to stop what you're doing for a moment Sit down Stay still Close your eyes Listen What do you hear? That low murmur is a vibrating speaker The mellow bleating of brass There's a car horn Is that part of the score? Does it matter? Now open your eyes again Are you listening with a radio, an iPod and a docking station? Turn the volume up as far as you can and place your hands on the speakers. What are you hearing? How are you hearing? Can you feel the music in your fingers? Can you feel it?
1: Hear, see and feel.
0: Feel. Feel. Feel.
2: We'll have a little conversation. Will we Spears spell some of the words? Do you remember how to do this? Did you do it
1: I'm not waiting.
2: Let's do feel. We're going to spell feel. we have a conversation. Morse conversation. I'll start, okay, Shona?
0: Can you feel it in your arms, Shona, when you kiss?
1: I do it. it, bounces off. It kind off. It's a, like a mini vibration, just, and then it's gone. It's like a few seconds. It disappears quickly. Do
2: you want to play one of your rhythms on it? Yeah. She's cut pretty uh, astonishing musical talent. Uh, rhythmically, I remember when I first met her, she had this rhythm that she'd been playing years before. This, and she played it for me on a drum. And uh, she's got great concentration, first of all. And um, she's very keen on learning music. She uh, was working a hi-hat pedal with her foot and beating a couple differing... Rhythms with her, with each hand. So um, she has a really, um, she's really quick at learning these rhythms, which for most hearing people, I mean, you're talking 98% of the hearing people you'd walk up to. And a lot of musicians, mind you, they couldn't do that. It would just confuse them, you know. But she she listens and she focuses and she, she can do it. You know, she's good. But I think she does a lot of watching Um, I've noticed that with Shauna. She's really watching.
0: Shauna is a typical teenager. She listens to her iPod all the time. On the bus, in the car, in her bedroom. But when she puts her earphones in her ears or her iPod in its docking station, she's not just listening to the music, she's feeling it too.
1: I put it in my docking station in my room sometimes when I listen to music. And sometimes I just put my hands on it and take my unit off. I can still feel the vibrations and the speakers. Sometimes I feel it in my feet when I come out of the show and my dad's playing music or dancing in the kitchen, the radio is on. When I come into my room, I can feel the floor shaking, the vibration. It's depending on how loud the music is. If it's rock music and you put it on low, you can still hear it because it's... Loud music. You can feel it when it's low. It's hard, it just feels hard, but when it's high, it's soft.
0: Shauna's favourite band is One Direction. But she has another musical hero the drummer Evelyn Glennie.
1: She's a deaf person who can feel music with beats, by using the feet of vibrations. I think she became deaf when she was 12. She just went deaf and then when she went to her college, they said that it's impossible for her to come in and play music, but when she showed them that she could play them, they accepted her to come in. And now she performed in the Olympics 2012 opening ceremony. In the rehearsal, she was playing different music now, but in the Olympics, she was playing jumps. a mixture of fast and slow. She was, like, real crazy, going around all over the place. Her hair was all over the place. the uh, vibration, she used her bare feet and she just stands on them and then plays it. And she can feel the vibration of her feet.
0: It's February, and the first performance date is getting closer. George and the girls have assembled their materials and written the music. At rehearsals, the girls are confident, getting into a groove with it. They move their bodies in time with the music, feeling the instrument vibrate as they strike pipes, pluck strings, turn bicycle wheels. George has found an old telegraph station at a local dump.
2: So these are the telegraph stations I'm turning on here. That's going to Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to fall. Well, well done. see the speaker vibrating. I probably turned it too high. There are speakers inside a glass bell jar that vibrate. as all speakers do. But when I pour the popcorn from I have here in the tin, inside the speaker, it begins to vibrate percussively. And these um, vibrations happen in concurrence with the vibrations in the walkway. So that as people pass over the walkway, they feel the vibrations in either foot. So you have your left foot there, your right foot's vibrating. So the idea is that you connect the the visible movement of materials with the tangible. Vibrations in the walkway. So I think it's working. I think the audience is appreciating. The ace block. (laughs) Sorry. So Sean and I are just else doing the performance, we're communicating. She spells one letter, I spell the other, we alternate. They go through the words hear, see and feel round and round they go as people hear, see and feel these sounds that you're hearing walking across the wall. The instrument is a rectangle essentially and the musicians are standing around this rectangle. and it's not only is it a rectangle, but it's a skeletal rectangle. you know so they can see through it largely, not always. Their, their sights obstructed, but it's very much so they can see each other, whether they're deaf or, or hearing musicians. I like that idea of the performers looking in inward at each other um, rather than looking at an audience because then the audience watches from the outside and they're experiencing the intimacy of the performers with each other, which to me is kind of what it's about. But when Performers face inward, it means that the audience can face all around. So I like that. It's not a sort of homogenous, whatever experience. You know, everybody's got a different take on it.
0: It's the end of March, and the performance day has finally arrived.
2: It's so cold out there when you're out there for a while. George, Shauna,
0: and the rest of the Lost and Found Sound Assembly have gathered in a cafe near Wolftone Square. As a small crowd gathers, they emerge in yellow ponchos and begin to build the instrument, a structure formed of scaffolding, from which the pipes, bicycle wheels, washboards, pestle and mortars, a horn, and an upside-down bass guitar hang.
1: You're,
2: you're on even ground with an audience, rather than in the tradition, you know, the Western tradition. Maybe of a string quartet performing it. You know, some sort of event. People immediately feel that this entity. The string quartet is this rarefied, you know, uh, ensemble, and they, they I think a lot of people feel disconnected. Working with materials, people re- recognize, they say that's a drain pipe, and you're hitting it in a certain way, or that's a piece of sewer pipe, or you know, whatever it is, that they see uh, musical properties in these common objects. It excites them, I know, and excites me, and the performers, too, and, uh, it's, it's a very sort of... It's a good starting point.
0: As George and the girls begin to play, more people stop to watch and eventually to participate. Stepping onto the walkway where they can feel the vibrations that Shauna and her friends rely on for their musical experience and musical expression. They aren't nervous. They're comfortable. Moving with the music. Dancing. They might not be able to hear the music in the same way you or I do, but they can feel it in their bones.